Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today is my 2021 wrap up where I'm going to be talking about all the books I read in 2021, my favorites, my least favorites, some statistics, and also I'll talk a little bit about how the podcast is done, what my best episodes are, things like that as well as potentially maybe a little bit of 2022 reading goals. I don't really set a lot of reading goals for myself because reading for me is something that is fun, stress relieving, and just something I enjoy doing. I don't really wanna turn it into a chore. So happy new year, everybody. And I hope you're excited to hear all about my 2021 reading year. Now I'm not gonna lie, 2022, I wanted to record this in 2021 and have it posted right at the beginning of January. However, COVID, weather, and life got in the way, and so I'm not recording that. The day I'm recording this is January 3rd. If anybody's curious, it'll be out on Wednesday on my normal day. 2022 already, y'all, it's already been a time. My car won't start, so I got to deal with that, and I broke a bunch of stuff, and my flight took so very, very long to get back so long so so long so the second what a horrible day however on the third i'm feeling more optimistic but yes welcome to 2022 hopefully your 2022 is starting out better than mine but before we get into resolutions and looking to the future we gotta look to the past so in 2021 i read a total of 45 physical books Except I actually only read 44 physical books in one ebook that counts in there. However, I'm counting it as a physical book because I read it for book club. And then I read Apple Books is telling me I read 72 new ebooks. So that does not include all of the books I read multiple times because it won't double count them or books that I had read in a previous year and read it again in this year, if that makes sense. So I probably, if I was going to guess what the true number of ebooks I read on Apple Books, mostly all for free, was would it probably be closer to a hundred, hundred fifteen, maybe higher than that. But I read forty five physical books, over seventy two ebooks, and a lot of stuff on the internet that there's no way to track. Lots of lots of internet reading, which is reading, but I shall not talk about it here. So what were, well, first let's talk about the amount of books. I read less than I did in 2020. If you listen to that wrap up, you'll know. I think I read about 50, 51 physical books and then over 100, 150 eBooks. I can't really remember. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And I'm happy with the amount of books that I read this year. Yes, it's less. I think I set a goal for myself to read 50 physical books and I fell short of that goal. But I'm not super upset about it. I'll I'll kind of go through some of these things throughout this episode. So I read less books this year than I did last year. Last year, I think I read about 50, 51 physical books and I think 100 or 150 eBooks. And so that is clearly more than this year with 45 and 72. And um, I also last year had set a goal to read about 50 physical books in this year. However, I did not reach that goal, but I'm actually not upset about it. I'm pretty happy with the amount of reading that I did. There were a few things that kept me from that goal. One of them was that I moved, so there was some stress with that. 
there were multiple vacations. And I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I'm on vacation, I kind of take a vacation from reading, which I know sounds really weird because when most people are on vacation, that is the only time that they read. But for me, it is a time to not read. I said, I feel like I've said this to my friends. I don't know if I said it to all of you, but that when I'm on vacation, I want to do things. I want to go out and adventure and in whatever. I don't want to sit by the side of the pool and read a book. I'd like to be in the pool and splashing around and doing whatever. You know what I mean? And so I took a few vacations, including just like going back to my house or my parents' house, I guess, after moving for the holidays. And I didn't really read during then. And I also had a bit of a re- two reading slumps, one in March, which I'm going to talk about with my worst books, and another one later in the spring in the May, June time period. I'd taken a break actually from this podcast and from my bookstagram during that time. And I just had to do some reevaluating regarding reading the podcast, my Instagram, things like that, and where I wanted to take them. And I talked about that in my one year anniversary episode. So go check that episode out if you're curious about any of that. But that's why I'm not really upset with only doing for, or only reading 45 books. I still feel very accomplished and I've read some great stuff. So what? Let's break it down into genres. You'll never guess what my top two genres are. Are you ready? Number one was fantasy at 12 books. And I don't, did I read any adult fantasy? Maybe one. I don't know. So I just like threw any YA fantasy all into the fantasy category. I did not split that one up into YA and not YA. However, with my, all of the other categories, I did split it up. So do with that what you will. But I decided to just throw it all together because I don't typically read a lot of adult fantasy. So to me, I don't see a reason to split it apart. Part of the reason why fantasy is number one and so high is because I was reading the Finch Merlin books this year, which you all know. You know I have my Halloween special. And if you listen to that, thank you. If you didn't, it was a good time. You should. Even if you haven't read the books, you'll have a lot of fun, I promise. For some reason, those episodes are weirdly popular considering those are independent, like self-published books, but whatever. And so there are eight books in the Finch Merlin series and I read seven of them. My, uh, I read seven of them in 2021 and I read one of them in 2020. And so that is accounting for over half of the fantasy novels that I read this year. But I've always really enjoyed fantasy. I've started to get away from it a little bit more with the Finch Merlin really doing it for me. But so now looking into 2022, it'll be interesting to see kind of how my fantasy reading goes, seeing as I'm kind of done with that series. Although I may or may not pick up the Percy Merlin books, but I probably don't want to do that till I have all of them. So I would not anticipate reading them in 2022. My second highest genre was romance at 11 novels. Um, not surprising, not surprising at all. If you look at the, if you just look at the titles of the episodes and the books I've read, you know that I read a lot, a lot of romance this year and I can't help it. And nearly every single ebook I read was also romance and everything I read online is pretty much romance. I'm a hopeless romantic with no romantic life. I'm single, everybody. If that, if that didn't make sense, I don't think a romantic life is a thing. I don't have any romance in my own life, I guess is what I meant to say. And so I get my fill of it through reading these books. Does reading these books stop me from having romantic relationships? No. Does it give me unrealistic expectations? Probably so. But you know, one day, 
I will have one. We'll find out. I don't know. But anyways, I love romance. It just is so happy. It takes me out of my own little world. And I just love watching characters fall in love and be perfect for each other. And I just love romance. I have so much romance coming up in 2022 because I got a lot of romance books for Christmas. So I'm excited about that. And I hope you all are excited. If you don't like my rom- if you don't like romance or you don't listen to my romance episodes, don't worry. I have other stuff coming as well. I have um well you'll you'll find out. That's no no spoilers. Okay. The next highest a tie for third is between YA and historical fiction. So I read six YA novels that are were not fantasy and six historical fiction novels. And so doing YA first, because I have it listed above it, just because I started reading them earlier. These include some YA thrillers I read in the beginning of the year that I enjoyed. And I overall really enjoyed almost all of the YA I read. I don't read as much YA as I used to, or YA means young adult, if you don't know. I've just been saying it. And so these are typically novels about high school students. Because I have graduated from college, I feel far removed from high school, although I have much more far removing to do as I get older. So I don't typically gravitate towards YA anymore just because I've found the stories to be not as relatable, not as impactful, and I just haven't enjoyed them as much as I did when I was that age. But every now and again, there's great comfort stories, and I found a really some really good new YA this year as well. Historical fiction is a genre that continues to grow on me and I just randomly end up picking up these historical fictions a lot. And so, I don't know, I've really enjoyed historical fiction this year and you will see that because I have, I guess I only have one on my best books list, but I really enjoyed most of the historical fiction I read this year. After that, we I have a bunch of genre, a bunch of genres that are just two, so we'll just go from the way I have them listed. I read two thriller novels this year. I don't typically like thrillers. One of them is on my best books of 2021 list and it was not a typical thriller novel and that it wasn't scary. I don't like a thriller because it makes my heart race and then my heart hurts for, you know, months at a time. It's a long story, but I don't like to be scared. I don't like horror. I don't like any of that, which is why I typically do not read thrillers. I have it marked as two, but I have no idea what the second one I read was. I do believe that I did read a second thriller. Oh, I know what it was. I also read the um, the guest list. I forgot about that. Okay, so I read two. They're pretty. One of them I liked. Guest list was fine. I also read two memoirs, which is wild. I never ever read memoirs. I don't typically pick them up at all. But my aunt and I did a book swap back in July, and she gave me two different memoirs, and I ended up really enjoying them. One of them we'll talk about later because it was just so good. I also read two literary fiction novels. I don't really like literary fiction typically because it just feels sometimes like it's trying too hard to be, you know, prose and impactful in a way that I, it just comes off as pretentious sometimes or the storylines just aren't as intriguing to me as either a romance, a fantasy, a historical fiction, something like that. And so I don't typically read a lot of literary fiction, which is something that you see here. So only two of that. I also read two science fiction novels and one of them was The Power, which you know how I felt about The Power. And then the other one was a book that I didn't talk about on here just because I had started the series before the podcast. And finally, I have two more genres that I read one book each in. I read 
one mystery, which I really liked, and one horror, which I was not as much into. And like I said, I don't like scary things, but I read the horror novel for book club. So let's talk about a few more stats before getting into my best and worst books of the year. I read of the 45 physical books I read, set only seven of them were written by male authors. So I was really reading a lot of female authors. So good for me, I guess. Of the 45 physical books I read, I also read 13, 13 of those were by people of color. Now, I feel like I could have done better. That's only about one a month. And that's something I definitely want to try and continue to improve on is reading more books by people of color. But I mean, how can I do math? Is that like a third? No, I think it's over a fourth. So no, yes, now I have to figure it out. I don't know. So I can continue to do better on that as well, but that's the stat on that. And also question, if I had turned that into just diverse authors or minority authors, then does a gay white man count? Because I also read one book by a gay white man. That is something I definitely want to do better next year and is reading more books by the LGBT people in the LGBTQ community. That is something I've never been good at. And I think part of that is from publishing and part of that is I'm not seeking them out. So I'm gonna try and seek them out this next year. Also of the 45 books I read, only five of them were rereads and all of them had episodes because they were books I hadn't read since starting the podcast. Next year, it'll be interesting because I have a lot of books I wanna reread that I have maybe talked about on the podcast. So we'll see how that kind of affects it going forward. And I also did not finish one book or DNF'd it. And that was a collection of essays by Toni Morrison that I had picked up in February for Black History Month. And your girl couldn't do it. It was like being in school. I kept promising I was going to and I got a little over a third of the, like almost halfway, somewhere between a third and a halfway through the book. And I just couldn't do it, you guys. It was like being in school, being back in college, and you're reading essays for class, but you don't know what they're saying, and you just underline a bunch of stuff, and then you go to class, and your professor explains it, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes sense. And then you go to write the paper, and you're like, wait, no, this still doesn't make sense to me. That's what reading those essays felt like, and I'm not in school, and I didn't enjoy feeling dumb, so I ended up not finishing it because it was not bringing me any joy and when I read, I like to feel some joy. Also, some other quick stats from my Spotify wrapped, because since this podcast you can find on Spotify, I get a Spotify wrapped, which it's not truly year on data because it gives it to you now like way early, but it said I had a hundred or 1,174 minutes of content and 34 episodes posted at the time of the Spotify wrap. So that's pretty cool. Um, Let's do a few other stats before getting into my best books of 2021. And those are stats about the podcast. So apparently my listens are up 303.9% since last year. However, last year I started my podcast in September. So it's pretty easy since there were no episodes for the first eight months of the year. But I'm pretty happy with uh, some of the growth that I've had this year. And so that's exciting for me. I'm hoping to continue to grow into next year. Obviously most, well, I'm American, so that's why I said obviously most of my listens are coming from the United States, but I'm also getting listens from other countries around the world as well, which is always super cool and exciting. And a quick run through of my top five episodes for this year. 
or the top five listen to episodes from this year. And one of them I actually recorded last year was my guest, the guest list episode, the anxious people episode, the arsenic and adobo episode, the love hypothesis episode, and the last thing he told me episode. And all five of those books were actually book of the month picks. And a lot of them were very, very popular as well. So it doesn't surprise me that those are in the top five. But interestingly, number six was my Halloween special part one for the Harley Merlin series by Bella Forrest. And it just kind of surprises me that that book or that episode gets so many listens because like I said, I don't know who's listening to it, but you should because it's good. But I just, it surprises me because it's not a popular book. So I wonder if it just has really dedicated followers that are constantly on their podcast app, searching up Harley Merlin and seeing if anybody's podcasted about them and I'm the only one who has. I don't know. But let's now get into my best and worst books of 2021. We're going to start off positive with my best books of 2021. So I'm just going to go in the order that I wrote them down. This is not necessarily in the, my like, it's not necessarily like top one, two, three, you know what I mean? They're not in order. So the first one I wrote down was The Lincoln Highway by Amor Towels. This is probably not surprising that this book is on this list because I titled that episode The Next Great American Novel or something like that because I think it is. And no, actually the title that was Why Did Nobody Tell Me This Book Is Almost 600 Pages Long? Because seriously, why did nobody tell me that? But also thank you because maybe I would have been too intimidated to pick it up. But The Lincoln Highway, and I promised, oh, I should have said this earlier, for the best books, I'm not going to spoil any of them, but for the worst books, I might. So I'll let you know before I start talking about a book if there's going to be a spoiler warning. But for all the best books, there will be no spoilers, so don't worry about it. So The Lincoln Highway's historical fiction novel set in 1954, about four boys, three of them 18, one of them eight, who travel from, I think, Nebraska to New York and kind of go on this epic quest journey. Some of them are trying to steal money, others are trying to just get their car back and things like that. And you're seeing just this epic story. And it's so interesting because why is it so epic? I don't know. I ended up really liking it because it was very different than what I had read previously. I also, I just think that a lot of the book was about the idea of storytelling, which I personally find really interesting. So being a former English major myself, I kind of was able to put that cap on as I was reading this book. And it really was an interesting exploration of themes and things like that. I also really enjoyed all of the characters. They all made me feel something, whether that be hatred or like adoration or just like, oh my God, I love you. So I don't know. I just had such a fun time with it. If you're looking for a cool historical fiction novel, that's not just about war, as most are, then this might be one for you. I liked it a lot. And yeah, okay. Number two that I have written down here is actually, it's a tie between two books. Okay, so basically what I'm trying to say is that I had to put a Finch Merlin book on the best books list. Now this might shock you. This might shock you because typically when I, like if you listen to those episodes, I have said that the writing is not necessarily the best. The, sometimes some of the books kind of feel like they didn't really, they were just really long, but not a lot happened. But two of these books basically made me feel so much. So basically they are, they are Finch Merlin in the Forgotten Kingdom and Finch Merlin in the Everlasting Vow by Bella Forrest. 
And so if I had to pick one of them is um, what the first book went. Okay, this is a spoiler for the Finch Merlin series, but like, I don't think anybody cares. The Forgotten Kingdom is the one where they first get to Atlantis. And the Everlasting Vow is the one where um, Finch becomes a suitor in the suitor race and all that happens. And there are two scenes at the end. Like, there's a scene in both of these books near the end that just made me so emotional in a way that I just love. I just, it made me feel so much. I could feel what the characters were feeling. And I just love that. Please make me feel, oh, yes. And so if I had to choose between the two, I think... That Finch Merlin and the Everlasting Vow had a better heart-wrenching moment at the end. But I think I kind of enjoyed the plot of Finch Merlin and the Forgotten Kingdom more. So I'm not really sure which one I think is better. But I had to just throw Finch Merlin on here. And you'll be interested to know that Finch Merlin is not on the worst books of 2021 list. Whereas two of the Harley Merlin books were on the worst books of 2022 list. And that is just because I could not stand one of the point of views. And I was just very upset about Wade in book seven, okay? No spoilers there, but that's what that was about. The next book on this list is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. So my first romance you're going to see on this list. This is a romance about a grad student who ends up in a fake relationship with one of the professors at her school. He's not her professor, though. And you've probably seen this around on any of the book medias that you're into because it was super, super popular. It came out in September and I loved it. It was just so cute. It made me, the entire book reading it just made me so happy, obviously, except for the like sad conflict part in the end, which, you know, made me feel other things, but it just made me so happy. I read it really close to after I moved. So it was such a great like little pick me up as I'm like adjusting to living in a new place without my family and all of that. And it was just so fun. Now I did, I meant to say this in the episode I did about that, but I forgot that this was probably Raylo, which is if you're not sure, if you don't know, Raylo is um, Ray and Kylo Ren from Star Wars fan fiction. Um, I hate the idea of Raylo. I hate Kylo Ren I don't like I don't like his redemption arc because it's fake and I just hate him a lot and so I have to ignore the fact that it's Raylo fan fiction probably because and like if you look at the cover it's pretty obvious because the two characters on the cover look exactly like the two actors which I'm like if you hadn't shown it like that none of us probably would have known this was Raylo fan fiction probably first but regardless of that I love the main character. I laughed out loud when I was reading it. It was so fun. And this was probably my favorite romance I read this year just because it gave me exactly what I needed. It's kind of funny because a lot of the booktubers I watched were not a fan of this book, but um, I don't really care. I liked it a lot. Next up, again, not a surprise, is The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave, which the title of that episode was the best book I've read so far in 2021. So how could that not end up on this list? This is a thriller novel about a woman whose husband disappears and the last thing he tells her is to protect his daughter, her stepdaughter. And then they go through an adventure of trying to figure out why he disappeared, what happened, and what's going on with his semi-shady past. And it was so good. Like I said, I don't typically like a thriller because they're too scary for me and I don't want to read that before I go to bed. 
However, this one was not scary, which might be why I enjoyed it. And so other people who are like typical thriller readers, this might not be for you because it doesn't really follow the genre. And I've seen that as a critique by others, but I don't care. That was why I liked it. And it just, it was so fun. It really drew me in. It kept me guessing, reading, like flipping through the pages. I really liked the relationship between the main character and her stepdaughter and kind of seeing how that grew and changed throughout the book. The ending was actually kind of perfect, but also awful at the same time. Like I really enjoyed it. It made me have emotions. And it, I just enjoy the fact that I finally liked a thriller. And so that there are, you can find a book in any genre that's for you, even if a certain genre is not for you. After that, talking about genres, I think I'm gonna also add on here The Other Westmore by Westmore, which was a, or which is a memoir by Westmore about both his life and another, so there's two people named Westmore, the author and then this other guy. And it talks about how they grew up in the same city with sort of similar, both of their fathers died or walked out on them at very, like they both basically grew up without fathers, but it talks, and they're both black men, and they have the same exact name, but it talks about how their lives took vastly different paths with the author ending up like he was some sort of like I think he was a Truman scholar and you know got a college education and did all this different stuff whereas the other Westmore I'm using quotation marks um ended up becoming a drug dealer and then eventually going to prison for an I think an armed robbery deal gone or armed robbery of a jewelry store gone wrong, basically. And so it talks about like both of their lives, but also talking about social commentary about how these two boys could have grown up to be such vastly different people considering the fact they lived in the same city and had similar sort of familial backgrounds and things like that and kind of thinking about what made the difference. And it was just very interesting. Like I said earlier in the episode, I never really listen to me- listen to memoirs. I never really read memoirs. And so it was just really enjoyable for me to read one. And it was short, it was sweet, and it taught me something. And it made me feel something. And so I think this is one of the best books that I read this year. Last two on this list. First, Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hipper- Hibbert. This is the third... And final book in the Brown Sisters romance series about these different sisters and they find love. Um, I've talked about the second book on this podcast before and I've read the first book previously but prior to the podcast. And so Act Your Age Eve Brown is about Eve Brown who's the youngest and flightiest of the Brown sisters. She ends up, her parents kind of cut her off because she just doesn't really hold down a job and she ends up working at this B&B after hitting the owner with her car. And then they obviously fall in love because it's a romance novel. And I think the title of this episode was the most fun I've had reading. So like the most fun I've had reading in a long time or something like that. And that's why I put this on, put this one on this list versus a few of the other romance novels I'll talk about as honorable mentions. It's just because this book was so fun. I had fun reading this book. I had a smile on my face the whole entire time. Eve is hilarious. Her love interest, Jacob, not not necessarily hilarious, but they were matched very well in a way that if you had just thought up these two characters, you're like, I'm not sure about this. But as they're written and interact, you're like, yeah, I do see this. This does make sense to me. And it was just the perfect ending to this sort of romance 
series. I really enjoyed it a lot. I definitely want to read more from Talia Hibbert in the future because all three of her books have been big hits for me. Her writing style is so different than anything else I've ever read, just like how she narrates, and I really like it a lot. And finally is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson, which is a YA novel I read back in February, and it was extremely hyped up in 2020. It is basically about um, this high school senior at a black high school senior in Indiana who also happens to be a lesbian. However, she's not out and she ends up not getting a scholarship to the college of her dreams. So she runs for prom queen because whoever wins prom king and queen at her school gets a scholarship to college basically. And it's about kind of her running for prom queen and also there's like a background romance going on subplot and then also like a subplot concerning like reconnecting with old friends and the idea of being popular and things like that. And it was really good. I, this was the best probably why I read this year. Like I said, I don't read it that much anymore. So I was a little skeptical going in just because it had been so hyped. And also because I, at that point had kind of realized I'd been moving away from YA. So I wasn't sure about it, but I didn't need to be worried because it was so good. It was just a lot of fun to read as well. One of the booktubers I like to watch he described it as um basically like the song dynamite by bts which is you know it's just a fun upbeat song and the book is kind of the same way it is dealing with some difficult topics and some sad things but it does it in a way that feels real but also you're not dwelling in sadness the entire time there's a lot of light and laughter and just kind of fluffy fun moments and things like that so i had a lot of fun with that book I wanted to put it on here just because I, I kind of ended up representing almost all of the genres I read on here, which is cool. I didn't really realize I had done that, but it was just a lot of fun. And if you're looking for a YA and you haven't read any in a while, this is a great one to choose. Now, I also want to do two honorable mentions here at the end. The first is for Portrait of a Scotsman by Evie Dunmore, which is a historical romance novel. And the third book in the series, my first favorite book, uh, Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore, which I talked about earlier this year. Um, it is the third book in that series. And I, it's an honor. I loved it. And it would have been on here if it weren't for the last 20 pages, which just didn't work for me. But the rest of the book was great. And it was such, I was so worried because I didn't like the second book, but the third book was fabulous. So now I can't wait for the fourth one. And the other one I want to mention is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. This was actually the very last book I read in 2021. I finished it on December 31st. And there will be an episode about this book coming up in, I think, maybe three weeks because I have a few already recorded that go first. And I want to honorable mention it because since I read it literally and just finished it a few days ago, I couldn't decide if it was on this list or if it wouldn't have been because I didn't have enough time kind of to like think about it, you know, but it was super good. I was very skeptical, go skeptical going in for many reasons, but I love the friends to lovers romance and I'm not going to say anything else because I have a whole episode that you'll hear in a few weeks. Now let's move on. The moment you might have been waiting for. I know I always like to hear people's worst books list. I don't know why that is. Is it just because people are negative? I don't really know. But let's talk about the worst books I read in 2021. This list is actually pretty short. I have some um, 
I have some contenders, like some honorable mentions for this as well, but I have four strong worst books of 2021. And we're going to start with one of the very first books I read in 2021, which was Outlawed by Anna North. This was a historical fiction novel, but it's also an alternate timeline of his of history, but it's still historical fiction. And it is a Western novel, basically. But instead of cowboys, we have cowgirls and non-binary cow people. I don't know if that's how you would say that, but basically it's a group of people who, um, most of them are women, but some of them are non-binary, but previously their birth sex was female. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry if that was accidentally offensive, but all of them are, all or most of them, I can't remember now, um, were barren and so they were chased off and tried to be killed because people thought they were witches and they end up joining this outlaw group and they go around and are outlaws basically and the main character ends up joining this group and she's a doctor and like she's not really great at being an outlaw and whatever it's a short book it had such an interesting premise but it did not deliver for me and i am going to spoil this so go ahead and skip ahead maybe 30 seconds or so maybe more, I'm not sure. But I have to spoil this because I can't talk about why I didn't like this book without spoiling it. And my issue with this book is that I like an outlaw story. And I even, you know what, embarrassingly enough, I can even read a mafia story on Wattpad and have a good time. But here's the thing with the mafia stories on Wattpad. They're not pretending like they're A, real, like good fiction, and B, that the people in the mafia are good people, if that makes any sense. Like, you know what they are. And I like an outlaw story about, like, thieves. Like, um, Allie Carter does just the series about art thieves, but then they end up becoming art thieves for good. So maybe that doesn't work. But like, I can read a novel about, like, oh, here we go. I really like the movie, um, Ocean's 8. I really like that one a lot. It's super fun with Sandra Bullock and they steal the jewels and whatever. And they're just stealing to steal. Like that's the money's not going to a good cause. Like I can enjoy something like that. But also when in these different situations, you are getting them even there's like justified stealing. And in here, it just like felt like they were there was some killing that happened. There was some stealing that happened. Like basically they were going to steal all the money from a town and it, it just felt so wrong to me to steal literally all the money in the entire town. And yeah, a lot of people in the town have been mean to you. But if you steal all the money in the town, everybody in the town will basically die slash be broke because they don't have any... Like, I just couldn't handle the morality of it. And it was interesting. I don't know the quote now because I don't have the book with me. But I, ta- I quoted it in that episode. So if you're interested, go to the episode. It's probably near the end. And one of the characters talks about how after the last raid, she feels very unsettled and she's going to leave the life because it feels like not it was all for nothing, but like she just explains my feelings of the book pretty perfectly that it just felt off, wrong. Things didn't add up. Like, I don't know. And so because of that, this really cool premise about a group of female and non-binary outlaws fell flat for me. And I didn't really see a lot of people super enjoying this book, although I'm not sure if it's for similar or different reasons than me. After that, and I'm actually going to be talking about my worst books in order of when I read them. After that, we have to talk about Blood, Air, and Red Tigress by Amelie Wenzel. Now, if you're familiar, then you'll know that if you listen to the my 2020 wrap-up 
um, podcast, then you'll know that I actually listed Blood Air as one of my favorite books of 2020. And it has now fallen into being one of my least favorite books of 2021. I don't know what happened, but on the reread, so many things were striking me as just being kind of, I'm sure this isn't what happened, but my one of my absolute all-time favorite fantasy series is the Seven Realms series. And the things that reminded me of it and made me really enjoy the book the first time around, like, oh, we have like con man, like not anti-con man, like male hero and an exiled princess heroine. And then we've got kind of like quests to like redeem yourself and like whatever, like that sort of stuff like that I really liked a lot that was similar to the Seven Realms series this time around felt like it was the same in like a weird way. And I don't know what, I can't remember what else now. You'd have to listen to the episode again. I think the other thing is that I was reading from a more critical lens point of view because after I read it, months later, right, I had realized there was a lot of critique about this book, about basically people were saying that she, I don't remember exactly what the critique was, but it was something about slavery and how the slaves in this book, is she was like, basically she was saying that there was indentured servants that, servants that were similar to kind of what happened in, I think, China, but people were reading it with an American lens and seeing slavery and then criticizing kind of how that worked. And so I talked all about that sort of critique and everything that went on in my episode. So if you're curious about that, go there because now I'm, almost a year removed so it's a lot less fresh in my mind I can't really do it justice right now but that's kind of what happened with that so I think I was reading it more critically and I didn't enjoy it as much and I think what really didn't help was book two Red Tigress which had some character assassination I titled that character development what character development I'm not going to spoil it here but basically the character development that you saw in the first book was completely destroyed and went out the window in the second book. And I, I'm not about that. Like some people uh, that I've heard talk about books talk about like second book syndrome where in a fantasy trilogy, usually the second book's not very well or it's just filler so that we can get to the third book. In that case, don't make it three books long. Just do the two books if we don't really need what's going on in the middle. And a lot of times also what will happen in the second book is you're just getting like characters are kind of regressing for the sake of, okay, in the third book, we're going to get this final thing. But it just didn't make sense to me how with how the first book ended, what happened in the second book, specifically between the two main characters. If you asked me what was going on, I would have never said that. And it made me very upset. And I did not like that book at all because of that. It just, it made me mad. And it also, both of these books took me forever to read. They put me in a reading slump in March. I was putting off reading. It took me forever to finish them. And I read a lot more on my phone instead of a physical book just because I couldn't, I didn't want to pick them up. If that tells you anything, it tells you that they should be on this list. Will I read the third book? I don't know. I definitely won't purchase the third book, but I kind of want to know how it ends. And I feel like if I look online, nobody's going to give me a good enough summary and nobody I watch on booktube has been reading these books. So I don't know. I guess you'll find out. I think it comes out maybe in March like the other one. I don't know when it comes out, but whatever. And then the final book that's on the legit list should not be a surprise because this was the absolute worst book I read this year. And that was Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. There's going to be spoilers here, people. 
I know Nicole Yoon is a beloved YA author. She read the sun, or she wrote The Sun is Also a Star and Everything, Everything. I've not read either of those, and I would not read either of those after reading this book. I mostly picked it up because I like the idea of the premise where the main character gets cursed, basically, and whenever she sees people kiss, she sees their relationship flash before their eyes. And I thought, my sister really likes stuff like this still, so I can give this book to her after reading it, so it gets multiple reads, right? No. I did not give it to her. I told her it was bad and that she should not read it. And it was bad for multiple reasons. Reason one, it was very disjointed. It literally felt like there was three separate storylines. And whenever you were in one storyline, the other two did not exist. And then it would flip to another one. And the, uh, the first one would go away and you would forget about it for 50 pages. That doesn't make sense to me. The story did not feel cohesive. It felt very disjointed. Also, the ending absolutely sucked. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. The first 200 pages I didn't really like, but okay, that's fine, whatever. And then the last 100 or so pages just filled me with this fury and like anger that I wasted my time on this book because I didn't like the ending. I hated it. I don't want to super spoil it and say what happened here, but it was bad. I hated it. And I would never pick up another Nicola Yoon book again because of how much I disliked it. I would dissuade anybody from reading this book. Even people who are fans of her other works don't read it. It was not good. I hated it. Now, a few honorable mentions for other worst books of 2021. First is The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. This is not a bad book. In fact, many people, two of the people in my book club really enjoyed it, but I don't like horror, so it was not for me, and that's mostly why it's on here, just because I had to read a horror and I didn't enjoy having to read it, and it also didn't feel that scary, so I felt like it didn't really do what it set out to do for me, and so it was just kind of, it was not great for me. Next is The X-Hex by Erin Sterling. This is mostly just because it didn't, like, It wasn't necessarily a bad book, which is why it's only an honorable mention and not actually, like, on the list. And that's just because, I don't know, I just didn't do it for me. I I think I was also skeptical going in and then it didn't, like, surpass any expectations. And I think part of it is just that I really don't like the author for using her stupid pen name, but it being, like, dumb and whatever. And I think I had issues with some of the main characters as well. So that's just honorable mention. And then the last honorable mention, which is this again is not a horrible book, but it's The Divine Inheritance of Orchieta Divina by Zoraida Cordova. I read this book in August or September. I can't really remember. Like literally this is the first book I read after I moved. And I had such high expectations. It's a fantasy and these different characters, their grandmother dies and then they get these different powers. But I just... It was kind of weird. I didn't really care about any of the characters, if they lived or if they died or what happened with their lives. And I I just didn't really like it. I think in the podcast I said it was like kind of average. If I gave star ratings, I probably would have given it a three star, like three stars, but I don't do star ratings. But like thinking back on it, I would absolutely not read this book again. I don't think I would really recommend it to anybody because I don't, The only thing I really liked about it is that it is by, is she Ecuadorian? Maybe, maybe, I can't remember. Just by like an author with Latin American roots and just like that we're seeing very different sort of 
culture going on in the book and that was really the only thing that I enjoyed about it. And now that I'm thinking about it, then that would also put the Keeper of the Night on this as well, which is actually going to be next week's episode. I'm being a bit more critical and harsh here than I am actually on the episode, which you'll hear next week. And that what I mostly enjoyed about that was um, the cultural, like, Japanese stuff that we were getting. I didn't, I really didn't care for the main character. And because of that, it made the book hard to read. So that would also, I guess, be an honorable mention. But those last four I just mentioned were not necessarily, like, horrible books. I didn't feel like I hated them or anything like that. But they weren't really great, and so I've decided to honorably mention them. But Outlawed, Blood Air, and Red Tigress, and Instructions for Dancing were definitely the worst books I've read this year. And when you think about it, with only four real books on the worst books of the year list, that's not really bad at all. So let's wrap up the episode with some goals for 2022. I'm setting a goal of 50 books again this year, of 50 physical books, and hopefully I'll reach it. That's about a book a week. I think it's pretty doable, and if I don't reach it, Oh well. I'm also going to try and read more books by authors of color and members of the LGBTQ community. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully I'm able to reach that goal. And um, yeah, those are kind of the only reading goals I have for 2022. I mean, maybe also exploring more new genres and just pushing myself a bit with my reading to see what I can find. But other than that, I'm just kind of going for it. We're going to continue the podcast, continue with my segments, and just having fun with it. And I hope to continue to grow and that you'll come back and continue to listen to my episodes. So, like I just mentioned, next week's episode, finally I'm doing an episode on The Keeper of Night by Kylie Lee Baker. It is a YA fantasy about reapers. So basically, you know, like Grim Reapers, people who like take your soul and lead you to the afterlife. And the main character, Ren, is biracial, half British Reaper, half Japanese Shinigami. And it's kind of talking about how the story is that she has to leave Britain and she goes to Japan and she's trying to become a Shinigami there. But it's also dealing a lot with the conflict of being biracial in the 1800s. And so that is kind of what the story is about. It was a little bit of a spoiler that I didn't super enjoy this book, but I have some interesting commentary about it. So you should check out that episode next week. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. You can DM me your thoughts, feelings, and opinions about this episode or my podcast, book recommendations, things like that. I'd love to hear from you. You can also email me at I read a book once blog at gmail.com. Also, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast so that it can continue to grow and that you get notifications and such when I post new episodes. And so I would love you forever if you did that. And with that, my name is Emma, this was I Read a Book Once, and I'll catch you guys next time.